Isaiah 45 is where I'm going to go to uh, very quickly. You can stay seated for the reading uh, this morning. I'm going to read seven verses in your hearing. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 1 through 7. This morning I'll be reading from the NIV version. Uh, when you have it, I want you to say, I have the bread. Uh, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that ye may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons and summons you by name. I'm doing it for the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen. I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord and there is no other apart from me. There is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me. So that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Verse 7, I form the light and create darkness. <laughs> I bring prosperity and create disaster I the Lord do all these things I want, I want the Bible scholars of this church to help me preach this message today I want you to uh, look at somebody and tell them anointed pagans anointed pagans there are there are many attributes of God that we celebrate. You hear those attributes cast in our worship litanies on a consistent basis through the exhortations of our worship leaders and our uh, worship facilitators. God is holy. That means he's in a category all by himself. He's righteous and he's on the side of the righteous, right? He's beautiful. <laughs> In splendor, right? The attributes of God that we lift up in theology is the God is omnipotent. You know, the God of Israel. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. And we celebrate that. Omniscient. Even though they can make us a little nervous, we do celebrate the fact that he's all-knowing. The wonderful sister leading us in worship today, kept reminding us that he sees and he, he knows. What does God know? Everything. I think it's through the omniscience of God that, that helps us understand God's predestination because it is in his foreknowledge that he would know who would choose him. We'll talk about that on another Sunday. His omniscience. Then we acknowledge God's attribute as being omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at the, at the same time. I want to lift to you God's omnipresence is more than just his geographical omnipresence. 
He's not just everywhere at the same time, but he's in all times at the same time. In other words, he's the God that's in your past fixing things, walking with you in your present and waiting for you in your future. Omnipresent God. And we celebrate that. But there's one aspect of God that we don't hear celebrated in our worship as much as we hear the other ones. God, you're holy. God, you're faithful. God, you're wonderful. But that's an attribute of God that's kind of complex for us. And that's God's sovereignty. Most of us have been brought up in a nation or a country that in some time in its history was colonized. That means it was controlled by another entity. But when we acknowledge a country or a people as a sovereign state, we're saying that they are self-governing. That means no one can check them. <laughs> Hallelujah. No one can control them. No one can tax them. No one can oppress them because they are a sovereign state. When we talk about God's sovereignty, the reason why it's hard for us to celebrate it, because the truth is, a lot of us in this room have control issues. We like to control our marriage, our spouse. We like to control the company we work in. I know y'all are going to get a little tight after this. We like to control our friendship circle, and if we can't control it, we pull out of it. You want to go with us to eat tonight? Who's going? Because I want to be able to control my space. A lot of us, that's the issue of our anxiety and our fears. Because we can't control the driver. And if we're sitting in the car, we can tell the person who's driving consistently how they should drive. Slow down, speed up, watch that car. Don't you want to be in this lane? But getting on an airplane is very complicated for you because you got to trust the pilot and you can't see him or communicate with him. And there are moments in your life you go through turbulence and there's no announcement. All there is is a notification that says buckle up. And that's hard for us because we got control issues, not just with our family. We got control issues with God. But the God of Israel cannot be manipulated through your dance, cannot be manipulated through the cutting and the bleeding of your body and your veins. The God of Israel is sovereign. He's so sovereign that a political party can't own him. He's so sovereign that one nation can't take ownership of him. He's the God of every nation. He's so sovereign. He's, he's so sovereign that I'm looking at the scripture in the book of Joshua chapter 5. Once Joshua had made it through the wilderness experience and he's surveying the land and spying out the land of Canaan. He runs into a man in the roadway and this man has a sword drawn. And Joshua said, are you on our side or are you on my enemy's side? He said, Neither one. 
He says, what do you mean? He says, I'm a captain of the Lord's army. I See, that's complicated for some of you. Because we're so busy trying to get God to be our co-signer. We're so busy trying to use God as a, as a rabbit's foot. We so use it, we trying to use God because we got to go to court. We got to use God to be the enemy of our enemy. When the Lord says, instead of you trying to get me on your side, you need to be on my side. Ask your neighbor, ask him, are you on the Lord's side? You must consider that. Because when you're on the Lord's side, you may have to consider the fact that your agenda is not God's agenda. And the way you want it worked out may not be the way God wants it worked out. And who you want God to use may not be the person that God wants to use. My God, because God is He's sovereign. He's He's sovereign. And in our evangelistic approach, the children's church. And biblical animations, we make God a flat character. And I get it. God is so complex that the finite minds of man can never actually wrap around the essence, the full essence of his deity. That the foundation of our Judeo-Christian faith would be laced in the tallits of the Jewish men. That every morning when they would take their prayer shawls, their tallits, and wrap their heads in it, all the way down to the numerical significance of the knots of the zizits, the fringes. That's why we don't drag our prayer shawls on the floor. Because the zizits are a sign of the commandments of God the promises of God and the foundation of their faith that they would be reminded every morning when they pray is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai God hear O Israel the Lord our God is different than the other gods of Mesopotamia <laughs> our God is one where they need a different God for every situation <laughs> We have one God that suffice. El Shaddai. I wish I had a preaching church in here. He's the self-sufficient one. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, all I need is one. Hallelujah. How to the point when there was a savior needed. Hallelujah. He said, beside me, there is no savior. Hallelujah. So God became the son of himself to redeem man back unto himself. Oh God. But you'll wreck your scholarly thinking trying to totally comprehend it. Apostle Paul declared that it's a mystery. Greatest the mystery of who God is. God manifest in the flesh. Scene of angels. All God. See, all you need is God. You don't need God and vibes. You don't need God and sage. You don't need God and a horoscope. All I need is God to the point hallelujah when Jesus came he says I came in my father's name for the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation everything I need is in God we try to make him a flat character but I know God is not that flat not at all you know why I know if I can't prove it theologically I'll prove it um, 
from a sense of anatomy and my own self-evaluation. One thing I do know is the scripture says, I was made in his image and in his likeness. I just told you, I just need a few scholars and we'll finish here. I was made in his image and likeness and there's nothing simple about me. I want us to have just a real transparent moment in this room. Some of you are going to try to run out the door. I know, I get it. Some of you are going to try to run out the door on this. And you're but while I got you, I want you to have a real transparent moment. Look at the person beside you and tell them, I'm complicated. All right, come on, look at them. Look at the same person. Tell them, I got some funny ways. Tell them I'm strange, I'm weird. If you knew all of my, if you knew all of my movements, you would scratch your head at me. Some days I want to be with people. Some days I want to be by myself. Some days I want to be in a relationship. Some days I want to be single. I am complicated. There's no manual with me. You just got to discern me. And there are days I'm feeling in a funky place mentally and emotionally. Don't ask me what's wrong with me because the truth is I don't know. Look at the person beside you. Tell them you do know you got some funny ways, right? I just wish people would leave me alone. I went the whole day and didn't nobody check on me. You crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm crazy, all right? I know God is not that flat because I'm not. He's a multifaceted, dynamic God. <sighs> He's multifaceted. He's dynamic. To the point, the scripture that I read today brings up a lot of questions. And I'm going to live to you that at the end of this message, my goal is not to answer all of those questions. It would be easy, right? Just tell us the complete answer to this. <laughs> but if I could answer all those questions and totally put my hand on all that God is, God would not be God. So to agnostics, they'll always question him. Atheists will always deny him. But questions for believers will always make us worship him. Because it's the space between us and God that says, holy, holy, holy. It's the question that says, holy, holy. Because every time I think I got it, I realize there's more to it than I could ever imagine. And it makes me cry, holy, holy. That's why some scholars believe, that's why the angels employed around the throne uh, for eons of eternity are still saying holy. Because every time they look up, they see another part of God. They see another aspect of Elohim they've never seen before. And now they're 10,000 years later. And they say, wow, holy, 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 holy. Oh, wow. But we come to church so casual. But I, when I come, I'm looking for another side of God. Ooh, hallelujah. It's what keeps me engaged. Hey, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm seeking after him. See, I'm not coming here and I'm not shouting and dancing because I'm seeking the hand of God. I'm seeking his face. I want to see the multifaceted, the multi-breasted, the multi-aspect attributed God. 
We got to look at this because in our cartoon scriptures, I feel like I need to run over to Children's Church right now and see what cartoon they watch. Satan is over here. God is over here. And there's like a point system, like a basketball game. Satan says, I got one. God says, I got two. And it's back and forth. Let me lift this to you. As you read the scripture today, see this. Satan and God is not on the same level. Never have been and never will be. Not on the same level. As a matter of fact, let's look at the ancient scripture of Job, one of the oldest books. Now we preach Job and we just kind of run through it, but let's look at this. God is having a meeting with his angels and Satan shows up and is allowed. Okay, I feel attention with y'all. I'll talk to this section over here. Have you ever read that and said, what? And when he shows up, God doesn't say, I rebuke you devil, what are you doing here? He says, where have you been? trying to figure out why is the God that I serve having a conversation with the devil that tries to destroy me he said where you been he says I've been going everywhere I can trying to see who I can destroy because even in the presence of God a lie you gotta tell the truth all you got to do is get in the Holy Ghost. All the liars at your job will expose themselves. All you got to do is walk in the presence of God. You ain't got to go through nobody's phone. You ain't got to be listening for no conversation. Just walk in the presence of God and people will tell on themselves. I've seen it happen. Where, where have you been? Trying to see what I could destroy. Are y'all ready for this, Daniel? And God said, and God said, and God said, have you thought about Job? What? Could it be some of the things you're dealing with? It's not because you did something wrong, but because God bragged on you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor everyone wants to be trusted with gifts tell them everybody wants to be trusted with talents but tell them God trusted me with trouble all my life I've had to deal with warfare all my, nothing ever come easy for me I've had moments of great favor but look like a lifetime of great trouble and could it be it's not because I was born on the wrong side of the tracks or to the wrong parents but could it be that God bragged on me Satan said I would try him but you got this hedge around him well God said well I'll move it now we romanticize this book of Job but you have to realize Job did not have the book of Job to read he went through it without knowing the conversation everything broke loose on Job 
I want to ask you a question. Can you be faithful when God is silent? Look, look at y'all. Because some of you all in here, you like to be confident in what you know. Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know them. I know him. I know her. But have you ever been in a season of your life where you have to be honest and have to say, I don't know. I thought this is what God wanted. I thought this is where God wanted me to be. I thought this is who God wanted me to be with. I thought this is where I wanted to go to school. I thought this was the place God wanted me and me and be, be in ministry. But now this don't look like what I what I thought. Can you be faithful to God when you're not privy to his conversations? I mean, really? Oh, Lord, I trust you. Really? Because all that's going to be tested. He went, through, he went through all of that at the permission of God. And so when we talk about people being anointed, we talk about people being anointed once they have served a particular time. When people have conquered all of their demons. And after they've conquered their demons, we'll say, you are anointed to be used by God. Once you get a good track record, at least for a whole year, we'll acknowledge your anointing. If when you sing, goosebumps come up on our arms, we will say, wow, you are anointed. When you preach and you can quote scriptures in the King James Version. It's got to be King James. Amplified don't have much oil for some of us. But when you say thou and ye and they, you are anointed. When you can dance and move your feet a certain kind of way. Oh, look how they move. They are anointed. But what happens when God flips the script on you? And God says, I'm going to anoint somebody who don't serve me. I'm going to anoint someone who doesn't worship me. I'm going to anoint somebody who does not even acknowledge me. They're called anointed pagans. And we put it, oh, if y'all give me 10 minutes, I'll be finished. Well, I know Netflix series are longer than my sermon. Y'all stick it out. We put it on bumper stickers, cards, wall art from Hobby Lobby. For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Taking that scripture by itself is very beautiful and very congratulatory. But if you put it in its context of the whole chapter, Kezia, that scripture says I'm going I'm to allow you to be carried away captive into bondage for 70 years it ain't going to be short so build houses don't be talking about I'm getting ready to turn it around no I'm not it's going to be 70 years don't say joy coming in the morning 70 years later you know ain't no need jumping them off of a good praise break it's getting ready to happen it won't be long from now 70 years 
tell your kid, marry your kids off, do all of that. Don't say, when we get back to Jerusalem, you'll get married. No, because there'll be an old man, 70 years. But he says, I know the plans. In other words, you're going to go through one of the worst seasons of your life, but I got a plan behind it. And in order for that plan to come into existence, God takes his anointed hand and anoints a Nebuchadnezzar. He anoints a Nebuchadnezzar to fulfill the assignment of bringing his people into captivity. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor my last season of captivity didn't look good come on come on tell him it didn't feel good but tell him but because of the word over my life even my captivity was necessary even my captivity was anointed I know my captivity was anointed because I survived the captivity that other people died in when God has anointed your captivity, even when you feel like you're going to break under the pressure of it, some kind of way you push through it to survive another day. Hallelujah. I need you to run out of your seat real quick and tell somebody, even your captivity is anointed. My God. Hey, even God is anointing your captivity. He says, Nebuchadnezzar. My servant that Nebuchadnezzar is my servant. He never walked to the front of the church, he never declared Jesus to be his savior. But God said, He's my servant. I lift to you that that is the punishment of Satan. The punishment of Satan. It is that he serves the plan of God. That's a good place to clap right now, really. Not for me. That's a good place to clap for revelation. That the punishment of Satan is that everything he goes to do to attempt to destroy me, God uses it as a vehicle to my destiny. When you get that revelation, you'll start praising God for the plot. Because the devil had a plot, but God had a plan. I need a praise over here. I says, I praise God for the plot because it's the plot of the enemy. They reveal the plan of God. Seventy years. But he said, I got a plan. And here's Isaiah prophesying. For unto us a, a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow, we know that. Yes, he's prophesying about Jesus. And you're right. Then he talks about where he will be born, Isaiah. Talking about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's powerful. How Isaiah, we call him an eagle eye prophet because he prophesied about Jesus and never got to see him. Isaiah says, for he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Who was he talking about? Talking about Jesus. But 
when he said all that, he never called Jesus his name. But we knew he was talking about Jesus. But here's this random chapter. This random chapter, Isaiah 45, where he says, and Cyrus. <laughs> Thank you, Marlon. <laughs> I said all I need is a good two Bible scholars. And Cyrus, my anointed, my Messiah in Hebrew, which means Messiah. Now, you can't get it confused with Jesus because he calls him on Margie by name. The only challenge with this, Sister Nicole, is when he calls out Cyrus's name, there is no Cyrus born. And the Babylonians are in power. I don't want to bore y'all with this, but I want to hear, I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. That when God speaks a thing, he doesn't wait for all the elements to line up. He speaks it and then the elements have to come in agreement. Oh, I'm sorry. I need somebody to throw your hands to the left and right and shout, everything is lining up. When God speaks a word, when God decrees a thing, when God declares a thing, everything got to line up. The sun got to get in place. The moon got to get in place. The stars got to take that position. The angels got to get in posture when God speaks a thing. doing all this prophesying about an unnamed Messiah and then you come out Cyrus my anointed Cyrus I shall use him to rebuild Jerusalem I will be I will use him to fund reconstruction of the temple yet he will not know me yet he won't acknowledge me but I'm anointing him to do it. Maybe we've been focusing in the wrong direction. Maybe we've been looking for the tongue talkers to bless us. Maybe we've been looking for people to go to our church and look like us and act like us. God says, I'm anointing some pagans that don't even know me. This message may not be for everybody, so I preach to the 40 of you that it is for. I'm going to use situations and circumstances that you thought were set up for your destruction and your demise. I'm going to use those circumstances to anoint you. God is using your past to anoint you. God is using your past to anoint you. God is using your past to anoint you. He's using your trauma to anoint you. You tell me that God disrupted my normality, put me in a whole nother nation in captivity because he got a plan. We're suppressed under the Babylonians. But all of a sudden the Babylonians get subdued by the Persians. And 150 years later after a prophecy from Isaiah, the Persian king that comes to the throne is a man by the name of Cyrus. Huh. Look at somebody tell him Cyrus is about to show up. Cyrus is about to be ushered into your life. 
It's gonna happen not the way you thought it was gonna happen You're gonna be supported, but not by the people you thought it was gonna come from (sighs) Oh hallelujah, it's gonna be restored all things will be restored But you don't get you don't get to control the narrative You don't get to command God how to do it. God is sovereign and his sovereignty makes me feel uncomfortable because his sovereignty means I don't always understand his ways. But although I don't understand his ways, I can trust his heart. I know God's heart toward me is good. I know God's plan for me is for me to prosper. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, if you don't get his ways, just trust his heart. Just trust his heart. Yes. He said, I'm pouring oil. I'm pouring oil on situations that don't even look like me. <laughs> I'm pouring oil even on your mistakes. You know, David says, thou anointed my head with oil. Thou anointed my head with oil. In in that scripture, in that allegorical scripture, Jesus is a shepherd and we're sheep. And you put oil on the head of the sheep to keep from insects from destroying the body because insects would come through the ear gates of sheep so he says I'm going to put oil on your head cover your ears so what comes won't be able to destroy you I'm going to anoint you it don't mean it won't come (laughs) but I'm anointed no weapon that's come on formed against you shall prosper don't mean it's not going to be formed He's, I'm going to pour oil on it. And it won't prosper. And Job, without the book of Job to read, says to God, I don't know what's going on. But though you slay me, he didn't give the devil that kind of credit he says though you slay me because if I'm going through it it's because you let it happen if I'm facing it it's because you let it get in front of me though you slay me yet will I trust you his wife said hey evidently God is against you curse him and die he says, should I just stay faithful to God when it's convenient for me? <laughs> and God anoints pagans. And Cyrus, a Persian king who was known for subduing kingdoms and nations, looks at a minority group in his kingdom and said, hold on. Why y'all not worshiping? Since you asked us, we can only worship the one God of Israel. But he said, well, go ahead and worship him then. Who's stopping you? He says, well, 
was destroyed. He said, well, how much do you need to rebuild it? Don't you see the oil in it? Some of you are being promoted at your job. Don't you see the oil in it? Some of you have more now than you know what you deserve. Don't you see the oil in it? Some of you have come through situations and your sustain, your sanity has been sustained. Don't you see the oil in it? You know it ain't you, right? God anointed the pagans. And God used Cyrus around 538 BC, Cyrus is known among historical scholars as one of the first kings in history to, to create almost a human rights bill. What? That everybody should have some sort of rights. This is before democracy. This is in a theocratic society. There's nothing in him that should have built a house for a God that he didn't acknowledge. God anointed him. I'll end with the scripture. Romans chapter 8. Verse number 28. Lift up your hands. For we know. whatever made you cry whatever you thought was a setback whatever you thought was a terminal mistake for we know come on worshipers I want you to lift up your hands and receive it because maybe we need to be reminded maybe the hurt is too is too recent maybe we need to be reminded for we know all things come on work together come on for the good of them that you have to survive in this last season. Every setback, things you thought that were working together and then they fell apart. Lift up your hands and come on and worship with it. For we know. Come on, remind yourself. For we know that what? All things. All things. All things work together. Not just the good things, the good and the bad and the unrighteous, the holy and the unholy, the victories and the defeats, all things work together. I want you to take 30 seconds in this room and I want you to worship God for everything that didn't work out. Do it. Do it. Do it. Worship God for what hurt. Worship God for what wasn't convenient. I want to invite about 10 more people to join the worship. It doesn't work for you until you come in agreement with it. It doesn't work for you until you come in agreement with it. A relationship that failed, all things. A job that you lost, all things.
this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.